you. What's done with that? Got beef with OGDs. Holla at me. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Uh, I said, Yo, thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are listening to Side Life Radio. As always, I'm your host, Adisa, the Bishop Fool. You know what it is, aka the Black Dragon of the West Side, aka Zatoichi. Tomo arigato gozaimasu. A.K.A. the South Bay Shogun. Know what I mean? A.K.A. the Iron Hook Assassin. A.K.A. Uncle House Shoes. All right? A.K.A. the Black Cortez Killer. Know what I mean? That's me, boy. Yeah, it's a D's, boy. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, MMA, Health and fitness trends. That's right, boy. We got to stay fit. You know what I mean? Got to stay fit. Nobody out there is lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like Adisa the Bishop. You know what I mean? So thank you for taking the time to listen today. I know I say that every show, but I really mean it, man. So, you know, thank you. For real, for real. Thank you. I'm bowing. You can't really see me, but I'm bowing. If this is your first time listening, this may not be the best thing. How about a show not fast the worst thing? Do it. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's time to just really rep that West. You know what I'm saying? Bang some G-Funk. Put on some khakis right now. You know what I'm saying? Maybe put on like a little tank top. You know what I'm saying? Let the nine hang out of your waistline. You know what I'm saying? Um, Grill some chicken. It's important. Um, Yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I hope that this day opens up into a beautiful week for you. Please do me in a favor. Right now, me and Mike Rum are chilling. Mike Rum's over there. Say hi to everybody, Mike. Mike says hi. Um, yeah, what I need you to do is go to iTunes and 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 subscribe, right? Or you can do it at Spotify, or you can do it at Mixcloud. But if you do it on Mixcloud or iTunes, I need you to leave a comment, man. Like let let fools know you feeling it and why. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be that big of a deal, bro. Just do it, man. I don't even really ask you for much, bro. We we just be chilling on here. So why can't you hook up, hook it up one time for the OG? You know what I'm saying? Um, it helps us a lot. You know, and as always, if you want to want to holler at me directly, you can hit me on IG at Real Hip Hop Chess. Follow me. I always follow back. You know what I'm saying? And right now we're about to jump straight into Heartbeat Props. Heartbeat Props is where we give people who are living props. We ain't waiting for people to die. You know what I mean? To be like, man, that was my real partner, blood. He was hella cool. Right now, we say love. We give love right here, right now, because that's how we do. First, I'm going to give it to my homie Daoud Yassin. You know what I mean? He's uh, been a great mentor of mine. He's the guy that uh, brought me into Zaytuna to be able to teach. And that's been fantastic for me to teach jujitsu over at Zaytuna College. So, you know, he's the dune of uh, student life. You know what I mean? And he's a hell of a bowman. Like, if you look his name up, D-A-W-O-O-D, last name Yassin, Y-A-S-I-N. Man, if you look at his videos on bow hunting and stuff, it's crazy. And like hiking, he's like the supreme outdoorsman, man. Like, man, the stuff he understands about outdoorsman life and eating and health stuff, it's really amazing. So shout out to Daoud Yassin, man. You know, like the last few weeks, like he's really just been looking out for me, helping me stay on track. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, catching an OG when he's slipping. And 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 that's what real homies do. You know what I mean? So, so Daoud Yassin, man, like, uh, thank Thank you, bro. Thank you. Get heartbeat props on the OG right now. Big shout out to my boy Lasana Hotep. Lasana Hotep. Lasana, man. Like, dude, listen. The OG, what I tell you, I told you I finished that, that stoic class, bro. And I told you I'm going back to school, bro. So Lasana is over there at Skyline College in San Bruno. I went over there. Went through all the stuff I got to do to get back right in school, bro. You know what I'm saying? I told you, but I'm not playing. This year, bruh. If you really want to see, bruh, go to my, not mine, it's not mine, IG, I have a hashtag, Unbroken2019. Go on there, Unbroken2019, bruh. I'm not playing. I'm really taking it all the way up, bruh. 
Follow that hashtag. You gonna see me, bro. I'm not playing. Higher education, staying yoked and fit and jujitsu'd up, you know what I mean? Staying prayed up, staying meditated up. You understand me? Eating clean, boy. That's what it is out here in these streets, bro. Um, so yeah, Lasana Hotep gets hella props off top. And he also runs myclickurban.com. Myclickurban.com. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't up on that, man, you need to get that app in your life, bro. You know what I'm saying? Especially African-Americans who's trying to see what's popping in any given city. That's where you go. Finally, I want to give props to the graduating class of Zaytuna College 2019, man. Um... You know, I told you I've been teaching jujitsu over there for three years. I saw some great human beings who I had the honor to teach jujitsu to over there. And it's funny how even though that they're students, they were teaching me the entire journey. They were teaching me the entire journey. And if you really want to get your mind blown, you go online and you look up Zaytuna, Z-A-Y-T-U-N-A, Zaytuna College 2019 commencement. Listen to what I'm telling you. You watch Hamza Yusuf's talk. His commencement speech, his opening, whatever remarks, bruh, unbelievable, okay? And you look at Zayd Shakir's closing remarks, beautiful, unbelievable. And to be in that room was crazy. Because I know, man, look, everybody's talking about whatever college they went to and how dope it was. I'm trying to tell you I saw something different at this commencement. And I've seen a lot of commencements, okay? You need to go see that. Zaytuna College commencement. The live stream is up. You should check it out. It's very powerful. Scroll up like 10 minutes so you can see Hamza come speak. And there's this uh, brother. I'm forgetting his last name right now, but his name is Ubaid. He was like the main keynote dude. And then Imam Zaid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Uh, heartbeat props to the whole class. And thank you for improving me. All of you. So... Now, now remember, why do we do heartbeat props? So that you can go call three people that you got love for and be clear about how they've helped you. All right? That's important, man. We have to be people of gratitude going forward. We cannot get consumed in ourselves. We often do. We think we do it alone. We've never done it alone. I was listening to something. I don't know what it was. And so forgive me for not remembering off top, but like someone was talking about the idea that like anyone who tells you that they're self-made is a liar. Because human beings aren't built that way. We're built to be interdependent, you know? All right. So now we're about to get into West Coast word of the week. Today, the word is many. This is strictly in the Bay. I don't think they say Maney in L.A. very much, except for maybe some OGs. Maney. Maney. Used to describe a crazy situation that was either violent, could have gotten violent, or was wildly chaotic in public. Not really sure where it comes from, but we think it's a derivative of maniac. Like, them dudes are some maniacs. All right? So, how would you use this word? All right, here we go. Now, imagine a bunch of dudes talking about the weekend on Monday, right? And you just hear part of the conversation. You're walking by the cubicle, and this is what you hear. I know, right? Like, we was chilling, and then them light-skinned dudes pulled up in the Crown Vic and started yelling at that Samoan lady in a black Camaro, and then it got hella many, bruh. Hella many! <laughs> it's a real word, bruh. Many. Use it. At least once this week. So, what have I been up to? Bro, I've been so mad. I'm a victim of identity theft, bro, and it's really wrecking me, dog. You know what I'm saying? Adisa Banjoko, it's a Nigerian name, bro. And Nigerians, man, I love y'all, but y'all be really overdoing this internet criminal vibe, you know what I'm saying, and, and identity theft, man. Somebody done stole my name, bro. Stole some other people I love's name, and now I got to prove I'm me. Ain't that a bad up? Yeah, it is. So anyway, so I call LifeLock, right? So they're like, okay, you know, it's going to cost X amount of dollars to get your stuff back, bro. Then I get up this morning so I could do everything, bro, and none of it was right, bro. It's the first day I've done it. So then I call them back, and I'm like, yo, like, I'm not seeing all the information I need, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, well, you didn't sign up for that. I was like, bro, this is the reason I signed up. 
It's the only reason I even took this package. What are y'all doing? So I go through it. They basically made me re-sign up and then charge me $1.07. I said, if you made the mistake, why am I paying you $1.07? Like, this should be free, bro. Like, it's 24 hours and you have already blown this whole thing, man. And it was like, oh, you know, our bad, nothing we can do about it, bro. So I'm not telling you not to get LifeLock. But I'm not telling you to get LifeLock. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward. What else is happening? Been staying steady with my Stoic Journal. I hope you've been doing it too, right? You get yourself a booklet and you write down five things. Five questions for yourself every day. What am I doing well? What have I done good, right? What have I done bad, right? Where was my uh, self-control, or self-discipline tested, and that can be anything from food to someone made you mad in traffic to a loved one starting an argument with you to maybe you were short with your child when they asked you for something, you know what I mean? Four, why did this occur? You have to go into what made you snap on your kid, what made you angry after your boss corrected you about something, even though it may have been legit, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Why were you mad in traffic when you still had an hour to get to the place or whatever, right? And then five, how can I improve? If you ask yourself these questions every day, you start to see patterns. The first few times you do it, it doesn't feel like much, but I'm telling you, do a stoic journal, keep a stoic journal. And then so the way that I do mine is the front half of my journal is, is the stoic part and the back half is all free writing. That's where you write about what happened at work for real, uh, how your spouse made you feel, what's going on, you know what I'm saying, in the back of your head before bed, you know what I'm saying? Like fears, uh, joys, like that's how you do it, man. That's how I keep my journal now, bro. Um, so I've been doing that. I taught at the UFC gym uh, last week and it was really dope. Um, I love being someone's teacher the first day. Because it's always like people, they're like, man, like, I don't know how to do jujitsu. I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, they have all this anxiety, man. I love helping people on their first day of jujitsu. So UFC gym in San Bruno, man. You know what I'm saying? Dopeness, dopeness, dopeness. Uh, what have I been listening to? Man, listen. Uh, I started making playlists on Spotify, man. Having fun with that. Um, loving that. And... I've been listening to a lot of lo-fi. So remember last week I was like, oh, there's this group called Koala. It's not. I, I totally botched it. Forgive me. I knew there was a typo in that. It's Kupla. K-U-P-L-A. The track is called Time Goes By. Addicted to that song. Kupla. Time Goes By. All right? They got several gems. I think one is called Emeralds or something like that and some other dope tracks. But Time Goes By is just, whoosh, love it. Right then, my workout song, man, is an old song by somebody that I don't even know if I'm saying their name right. It's like Mo, but it's M O and then the number three, and it's from the 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 Shotta's S H O T T A Z Shotta's 3.0 mixtape, bro. Song is called Everybody Ain't Your Friend. E R R Y Body Ain't Your Friend. Listen, I've been banging out nothing but the coldest push-ups to that. Know what I mean? It's real like Southern Trap from Texas. So, you know, Upbeat Deez is over here tap dancing to the happy songs. Yeah, everybody ain't your friend player. You better pay attention. Uh, what am I watching? Man, I'm so disappointed in myself. I don't even know what happened on Game of Thrones. All I know is everybody hates the ending. <laughs> I still don't know why. I, I, I only got like two or three seasons in. Now I'm totally out. Now people are saying they want the whole, basically, they want their money back over this Game of Thrones. Um, I think that's funny. I think that's hella funny. Uh, I just got to see it because I'm out the mix. But I got like so many seasons to catch up on. So don't expect any new insights from me on Game of Thrones other than I know that everybody thinks it sucks. So now I've also caught in the grips with this idea. I saw on the news on uh, The Hustle. Do you get that? The Hustle is a, uh, it's like a newsletter that goes out. Bruh. The Wall Street Journal, according to The Hustle, just did a thing where they were breaking down how some gamers, celebrity live stream gamers, bruh, they get paid 50 
grand an hour to play a video game. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back, especially the people who are struggling right now. 50K per hour, according to the Wall Street Journal. Come on, man. That's more than families in seven states make in a year. And then they start talking about this, the perverse logic of an economy that's based on attention. Let me say that one more time. The perverse logic of an economy based on attention. That's America now. That's IG, Snapchat, you know what I'm saying? All these little crazy platforms, bro. So they say that last year, consumers spent $8.9 billion hours watching, not playing, watching video games on Twitch. What the hell? They say that popular streamers can command audiences as much as 680,000 simultaneous viewers. Dude. $130 billion video gaming industry. Streamers like Ninja have become crucial to marketing new games. They just dropped something called Apex Legends with like no promo. EA dropped it. $10 million. $10 million. Crazy, bro. I need to change my whole life, bro. Clearly. Clearly, I need to change my whole life. Uh, what am I reading? Still the same, man. I'm reading Michael Pollan and the Rumi book. I'm really almost done with that Rumi, but I've been going slow. I've been dragging on Michael Pollan just because I've been kind of running. I haven't really been fully focused the last last two and a half weeks, maybe longer, maybe a month, if I'm being honest. Um, and so, yeah, that's 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 real right there. And so now we're going to get to the real root of the whole thing, bro. I'm talking more. I got a story to tell. You heard me? I'm telling stories about jujitsu and hip-hop in the same show. All right? So we're going to start with jujitsu and then we're going to go into hip-hop. You know what I mean? So I'm going to tell you about my first tournament, bro. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was going to fight at the Gracie Open. I think it was the first Gracie Open. And I've been working on this Ezekiel. Everybody knows my Ezekiel is trill, bro. I got a trill Ezekiel. Ben had a trill Ezekiel. If I can do any submission, it's an Ezekiel. Bro. So I go out. I got my plan. House sitting on the side of the mats. I go out there. I've never been in a tournament. Bro, overwhelmed. Everybody's screaming. Uh, there's people fighting to your left, people fighting to your right. I was doing okay. I was doing okay. The dude was um, in my bot. I was on the bottom. He was on the top half. And Half moves his hands like, bruh, hit the Ezekiel. And I'm like, okay, okay. I was up on points too. And then out of nowhere, this dude put an Americana shoulder lock on my life. And he did that thing so hard, bruh. Like I screamed out. I was like, ah. He didn't break it, but bruh, I couldn't use my arm for like two months. Like if I threw, I, like, like I went to my cousin's house and someone threw me the ball and they was like, throw it back. I forgot my arm was wrecked, bro. I threw it, bro. I needed painkillers for the rest of the night, bro. I was wrecked. Oh my God. BJ fought in that tournament, I think. Cameron fought in that tournament. I think Dave fought in that tournament. Bobby Southworth fought in that tournament. I'm not sure if Gumby or Scotty did. And um, I think J.D. Penn, BJ's older brother, had, had filmed my fight. And when I got back to the academy after a couple weeks, I walked in and I looked at Cam and he was sitting behind the desk. I said, what's up, Cam? He just looked at me and shook his head. He said, Americana. Bruh, all them fools had seen that tape, bruh. I felt hella stupid. I really did feel like I let Half down because I really did. I had, I had been training, man, but I wasn't ready for like the fog of war, all that noise and everything. Because when you train in an academy, it's hella quiet. It feels very meditative, bro. Craziness at the tournament, bro. Handled. I was hella mad. So then like a couple months went by. And, you know, when BJ and JD and Reagan Penn used to used to train at Half's in the beginning, they actually, before they had a place, because he, he, he lived near me in Santa Clara, actually. 
Um, but in the beginning, they actually lived in a hotel and not one of them flim flam hotels. It was like a, a Best Western or something, you know, a few blocks down the road uh, in Mountain View. And I, I remember going there and just seeing all the medals and stuff they had all over. It was hella crazy. But like um, one day uh, I went over there because I was like, yo, I want to get a copy of this this match just so I kind of have a sense of my own weakness. I think it's important when you train jujitsu or chess that you look at your games and understand why you lost because you can reflect on what you were thinking before you made the move that you made, right? And you can also learn a lot from taking your losses because I'll tell you the truth. The reason I got good at Ezekiel is because a judo guy Ezekieled me into the next millennium. Yep. I was sitting up here a long time ago from an Ezekiel and I was like, yo, I got to learn that choke. And I just went off on it. So, um, one day, uh, 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 after they had moved out of the place they were in to the place that they were at in Santa Clara, which was near Santa Clara Kaiser on, on Lawrence Expressway, um, that building has been destroyed. Like the, the, where they live, I don't think that, I don't even think that uh, that place is there anymore. I'm not sure. Anyway, bruh, I went over and I was like, yo, I need that video of, of, of my match. And uh, JD was like, oh, the one where you got Americana, right? I was like, yeah, that one. <laughs> he was like, that video got messed up, bruh. I had uh, set it on the speaker and the magnets, you know, the magnets inside the speaker, they messed up the tape, bro. So I'm sorry, I don't have it. And he was kind of like, man, I feel sorry. Bruh, I was so juiced that that tape got wrecked. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank God for the speaker uh, magnets, man. The speaker magnet gods laced me. Um... And so now I'm going to tell you another, another, another jujitsu story, bro. And so this is crazy. It deals with BJ and JD. So me, BJ, JD, Casey, Hoyt, we used to go to Alex, Alex's house and, um, and train in his garage when he left house, when BJ left house, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And so Training in Alex's garage, we called it Legends Jiu-Jitsu. Or they called it Legends. We didn't. I just went. Um, and so I lived down the street. And it was always funny because my ex-wife, she would always like, I come home after Jiu-Jitsu with them. And she'd be like, have you been training with uh, BJ and those guys today? And I was like, yeah, how'd you know? She's like, because your ghee smells like hella weed. It's like Cheech and Chong Jiu-Jitsu, huh? I'd be like, kind of. But you know, I I I I I don't smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? And so um, she would always laugh. And 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 what they would do because they knew that I didn't smoke, so they would hot box me on the way over. Right now, if you don't know what hot boxing is, it's when everybody rolls up the windows and smokes hella weed, trying to make you get a contact high. So one day we're we're leaving Santa Clara and we're headed over to uh, Alex's house and like hot box, brah. So they roll it up. And JD drives like a maniac. I don't know if that's how they really drive in Hawaii, bruh, but he has no regard for anything. He just punches it. We was in some kind of like, was that a Datsun something? I don't know. Anyway, they trying to hotbox me. We driving past the San Jose airport and the cops come up behind us, bruh. And I'm the only black guy in the car. I'm like, oh, they always think the black guy's got the weed. This is going to be bad. So pull over. Nobody even said anything. They just put the weed out. Cop gets out. He's walking over towards. JD rolls the window down. And it literally looked like a Cheech and Chong flick. In that moment, Cheech and Chong for sure. All the weed just goes straight out the window. And I'm like... Oh, dude, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. Cops like, do you understand why I pulled you over? And he was like, JD is like, no. And a guy leans down. He goes, you don't know? The guy leans down. He's Hawaiian. He's like, can I see your driver's license? He pulls it out, Hawaiian. JD's got Hawaiian... Uh, uh, license. And so the guy's like, oh, he starts talking to us for like five minutes. Let's us go. Hmm? 
You want to talk about Hawaiian Brotherhood? Put the fist up. Put that fist up. Yo, I was like, I knew he was going to jail, boy. JD was like, nah, bruh. Back off to Legends. Yo, I knew I was going to jail, bruh. But you know what, though? I ain't no snitch, Holmes. I seen nothing, bruh. I was just in the car, eh? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a real story. All right, so now I'm going to tell you kind of like a crazy story from my blue belt days. You know, we talked about challenge matches, right? When people would dojo storm if they didn't think that your school was cool or if they thought you sucked or if there was beef between instructors, right? Sometimes dojo storming. Now, that was a very rare thing in the Bay. But there was like open beef once in a while. And and on, on my other one, I've talked to you before about, um, you know, uh, people, people coming through and getting their arm broke and, you know... Um, going against different people who would show up kind of popping off live from different schools and my own personal experience and that, right? So I'm going to tell you an interesting story that happened to me during my blue belt days. You know, at, at house at some point, you know, uh, BJ bounced and then a couple other people went. I think Bobby Southworth was the first and there was a lot of drama because I think like Half had promoted Dave Camarillo before Bobby or something like that. I don't really remember. I think that's what it started as. And Bobby had actually left jiu-jitsu for a while. was just doing boxing. He was doing golden gloves and doing well. But it was like Half had a stranglehold on jiu-jitsu, man. Because like I think Claudio Franza had just touched down in Santa Cruz. So it was like if you didn't really go like to Caesars or or Half's or 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 Claudio Franza, you had nothing. You were in a ghost town. And so I had left Half's really just because of my job. This would have been around like 2000. I was working at a tech company. And then I was taking my kids up to my parents. And so that made it so that I was training more at Charles's. Right? But like... There were years, and you know, obviously I have not trained as much as many of my friends because most of my friends are not only black belts, but they have black belt students, right? So I was the type of dude who get a belt and I take hell of years off and then come back, take hell of years off and come back, right? So that's kind of how like my life has been in jujitsu. And a lot of that was really kind of me trying to be a family guy, uh, trying to, you know, thinking that it was it was a better play to uh, hang with the fam than, you know, train all the time and uh I still ended up divorced. <laughs> now that black belt's looking a lot like what? Anyway, um so when I was a blue belt, I'd taken some time off. And one of house old students had his own school, okay, in the South Bay. I was out of shape. I found out he had a school and I wasn't actually afraid to go and train back with Halfs. I just thought Half didn't like me or whatever. And I wasn't really sure. I hadn't really spoken to him. So I was like, I'll go to this other dude's school for a little bit. So I go. He's like, oh, I got a cool school. You know, let's do it. It was at a two-leveled place. Had these beautiful glass walls. It was tight, right? So I go and I train. And mind you, I have not been training for a while. He had a couple of his guys go with me. And they were legit good. But I was just, you know, I just had more experience. It wasn't about me being sicker. So even though I was out of shape, I would do well with his guys. So I go once, I go twice. The third time, this happened. And when I tell you that this happened, know that I'm telling you from the core of my heart. Like this actually happened. And this is why jujitsu is important. Because every once in a while, you're going to find yourself as a man or a woman in a situation where you do not want to defend yourself, but you have to. That's why jujitsu is important, man. That's why all martial arts are important. That's why teaching women and girls specifically jujitsu and kids is important. Because every once in a while, you're going to be in a situation where you feel cornered or you are cornered and you're going to have to do whatever you have to do. So I go this day. I'm chilling in a good mood. Still out of shape, though. I need to, I need to reiterate like how, how truly out of shape I was. So going through class, class is cool. Some of the guys are starting, oh, that's, that's the guy that comes through once in a while, blah, blah. Okay, cool. And 
the guy who I thought I was cool with, who's the instructor, I'm rolling with these this guy, and he interrupts our roll. Now there's a dude to the side of the mats. He goes, hey, can I show you something really quick? And he goes, yeah. I said, yeah. He gets on top of me. He does this move that's like some kind of arm lock or something. And then he looks at the guy on the side of the mat. This will come up later. He nods back to the instructor. The instructor looks at me and nods. He gets up. I go back to rolling. I do about three rounds. I'm super tired. And I got off because I was going to vomit on the mats. And that's a bad look by any instructor's uh, measure. So I got off the mats. And the dude came over to me and he's like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? I was like, man, I'm really exhausted. I'm more out of shape than I thought, man. So I had to sit out. And he's like, okay. So? He's like, all right, guys, bring it in. You know, at the end of every jujitsu class, you will uh, have like final five or six minutes to kind of the instructor will usually break down what they covered. He'll ask anybody if they have questions, review anything, whatever. So he's doing that. In the middle of the coach giving his final words, a student I did not know says, he raised his hand and the guy's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I want to see an effing match, coach. And he's like, you want to see a match? And he's like, yeah, man, I want to see an effing match, bro. So I'm like, oh, it's about to get real because they have mats and they have uh, a boxing ring. And so I'm like, oh, it's fixing to go down, huh? Dude, the instructor points to me and he says, okay, Adisa, I'm going to have you go with, we'll call the other guy Jesse. You and Jesse. Jesse. When I look at Jesse, you know who Jesse is? Yeah. He's that guy on the side of the mats who was watching the instructor do a move on me. And everybody just starts migrating to the boxing ring. I'm standing there not even really having fully understood what just happened. But I'm like, dude puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, don't worry. It's not MMA. It's going to be no gi jiu-jitsu. Two five-minute rounds. Sub only. I walk over. I get in the ring. I have no one in my corner. The whole jiu-jitsu school is on the side of the other guy's corner. And I'm like, these dudes are trying to hurt me. This isn't friendly. All these people start gathering on the first and the second level in the windows. And I'm like, dude, you're about to get broken. You cannot lose this match. Take a deep breath. So the guy comes out. He's like, all right, we're going to have Jesse going against Adisa. Two five-minute rounds. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Go. Go out there. Uh. I don't remember how the first round went. I just remember it was kind of like a stalemate. This dude was a taller, huskier, white dude. And I hadn't rolled with him, so I didn't know his game. I didn't know what he was strong at. I didn't even know his belt level. But he was a problem for me. My only thought was don't lose. And, you know, usually when people are rolling or sparring even, people will coach on both sides. Everybody was coaching Jesse. And then one of the guys, I think his name was Josh, said, hey, Adisa, guard your neck. And I looked at him and someone next to him punched him hard. For real, in the arm. Boom! Shut the F up, Josh. And that's when I knew that my gut was right. They're trying to hurt me. So, I said, don't lose this round and, and, and just, just look for an opening. So, again, like, I don't remember the first round. I just know that it was tough for both of us. It was like a stalemate. We were both trying hard, though. So, Boom. First five minutes is up. Go back into my corner. I'm looking again. More people are in the wall, like at the glass walls, first and second floor. And I'm like, how am I going to win this match, man? Like, you are tired. And I look at the guy, and I see his chest is heaving. You know when people don't know how to breathe right, like athletes, and their chest is like, 
I said, oh my God, bro. He doesn't have much more fight in him. You have got to get over there with energy and put him down. But you don't have anybody in your corner, man. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you know what I said? What would Half tell you what to do? What would Half say? And I started just like downloading Half yelling at me about any minute thing that I would do wrong. So the first thing Half said to me in my brain was run over there and slam him. So I fainted like I was really tired. I took some deep breaths so that I was clear. And then I fainted, kind of like hunch over, you know what I mean? Arms down, overplaying my exhaustion. And then the dude came back out and the instructor, he was like, all right, are you ready, Deese? And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, are you ready, Jesse? He's like, yeah. And, and, and Jesse looked tired. As soon as he said, go, I ran, like literally. Went from hunched over, da, 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 bing, run, 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 run. Double underhooks, which means I grabbed him under his armpits, like middle of his back. Took a step back. I'm trying to suplex this dude on his face. I do the suplex attempt. This guy must have been a wrestler or a superhero in a former life, bro. I do not know how he did it, but he reversed my throw attempt. He landed on top of me. And um, it was bad. And that was like most of my strength. Everybody's looking. People are starting to cheer him on. And I can hear Half. Half's keeping me alive in my brain. All right? He's yelling at me. Don't put your hand over there. Don't let him grab you like that. Uh, uh. And like my, my head just like, okay, Half. Okay, Half. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That's all I'm saying in my head. Okay, Half. I'm doing it. Okay? Somehow, I get... I, mean, I, I We land in like bottom half. Somehow I reverse to top half, which means we have one leg wrapped around each other's leg, but neither of us have both of our legs wrapped around the other guy's waist, and that's called closed guard. And I'm looking at the guy, he's looking at me, and I'm like, if you don't tap this guy soon, you're going to get caught slipping. You need to attack and, but I didn't have my, I mean, man, I was, I was exhausted. Cause again, I was tired before we fought. So I'm fighting with nothing in my tank. And I saw an opportunity for what's known as an arm triangle. You'll have to put that in YouTube. And I just heard how go arm triangle now. And I just dropped my weight on, 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 onto the guy. I interlocked my arms and I just started squeezing with my whole soul. Like I'm saying like in the history of me choking anyone ever, I have never put my soul into a choke. Like I squeeze my eyes, I can see galaxies inside this void of blackness and I'm just squeezing and I'm trying to pull my right leg out. I'm just squeezing like with my whole soul. And anybody who knows jujitsu, if you've ever really been to this point, you know what I'm talking about. And I know if this, if this submission does not work, I am going to get something broken. I'm going to get like choked out. I have no idea what's going to happen. This submission has to work. In that void, after however long I, I was squeezing, I don't know how long it was, I feel the instructor slapping me on my back. Let go, let go, let go. And I open my eyes, and the guy is out. And so the instructor kind of yanks me off, and he's just laying there. And I stand up, and the entire room is as quiet as the room I'm in right now. And I stand up and I'm heaving now. <gasps> and like, 
people are attending to this guy, Jesse. And all of the other students are looking at me. And I'm just eyeballing every one of them individually. I can still hear Half. Good job, man. Good job. There's a lot more cursing in Half, though. I'm looking at all of them. And I'm like, y'all could get it too. For real. Because I hated having to be pushed to that point. I didn't like it. Especially because I thought that that instructor was a friend of mine. You know, I thought we were cool. I didn't understand why any of this even happened because I was coming here trying to join your school, dog. Jesse wakes up. They get him to his feet. He's like, what happened? They're like telling him. And then the instructor comes. And he goes, okay. He stands between us. He has one wrist for Jesse, one wrist for me. He's like, and the winner of the match, Adisa. And like no one claps. And I just put my, 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 my right hand was up and I, I slowly said out loud, but I said it so they could hear it. I said, Allahu Akbar. And then I eyeballed everybody again. He let go of my hand. I kept it up for a quick second. He's like, all right, man, everybody back to where we were. So he walks over. He's like, all right, I want to give a good, 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 good shout out to Deese, man. Great, great match right there. And someone sitting behind me who I don't even know they said, how Gracie represents. And I realized at that point that from that generation of jujitsu, no matter what I thought about having had left house, that I would always be seen as a half guy. I would always be connected to his lineage. And that he made me a man that could do what I did because I paid attention and I didn't quit even if I wasn't the best person in the world even if I wasn't a world champion like he gave that to me and that's why when I went back into jiu-jitsu why I chose Heroes Martial Arts because Half gave his belt to Gumby and Gumby was my partner for real I still got love for Half to this day straight up still love Heroes to this day Never claim nothing else. You know what I mean? Jujitsu could be crazy, bro. Those early days, man. So, now I'm going to tell you about a crazy thing I saw at Heroes Martial Arts. Speaking of Gumby, um, I saw Josh Waitskin roll with Gumby once. At the original heroes. If you know the original heroes, and you gotta ask my homeboy Bobby, huh? You get to heroes, you tell Bobby I said, what's up? And you ask about the original heroes in the warehouse. Original heroes ain't where y'all go train. Original heroes was a warehouse by the airport with two big ass Rottweilers in it, bruh. On some real lightweight fight club type vibe. Anyway, one day. Uh, me, Tim Ferriss, Josh Waitskin, we went to that warehouse and we rolled a bit. I, I need to ask Gumby about that role because because Josh was a purple belt then. He had just started, I think, with Marcelo Garcia. I think he was still training with like, was it John Machado in San Diego? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but the role I wanted to tell you about was Gumby rolling with Halleck Gracie. Halleck Gracie is the younger brother of Heron and Henner. He was the founder of Metamoris, which was, to me, one of the greatest uh, productions of no-gi and submission-only jiu-jitsu. Gi and no-gi, uh, submission-based jiu-jitsu. And so I think this was before Metamoris one time. Halleck was coming up. I had set it up so that he could kind of do a seminar, but then I had bad, it was all on me, communication with Halleck and Gumby, and I kind of botched the seminar. And so we went over there, me, Halleck, and my son, Yen, went over there. And so Halleck was like, all right, whatever, we'll just roll then. We'll just kick it and train, and then we'll bail. So I was like, all right, cool. So Halleck was there on the mats. We're chilling, doing our thing. 
And um, one of the things I remember about Halleck is he has this way of training cross chokes that's really quick. And the only way that I can describe it is like the drill that he does with his brothers. It's like, you ever see those Kung Fu movies, how they have the wooden dummy where it's like, do, 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 do. They have this way of sliding their hands in and outside of the gi, hella quick style, bro, and switching grips. It reminds me of the wooden dummy. So he was doing some old crazy wooden dummy stuff to my neck trying to show me how the drill worked. I still don't remember it. Halleck, forgive me. And at some point, I don't know who suggested it, but somebody said, Halleck and Gumby should roll. And so they rolled. And it was a dope roll. I mean, Gumby, Gumby is a lot smaller than Halleck. Halleck is, Halleck is bigger than both of his brothers. I think people underestimate, like, because certain people want to, like, hate on uh, Metamorris and stuff. Like, they don't really understand that Halleck is, is a certified killer. <laughs> I don't think they really realize that. And he's a hell of a cool and funny dude. So they start rolling. You know, I'm not sure how much more he weighed than Gumby, but he he weighed a lot. And so they were going and it was a very beautiful role. And like no one spoke in the school. Who else remember? Hey, if you were at Heroes, you remember that role? Somebody, I need to talk to Gumby again, get him on the show, talk to him about those two roles, Josh Waitzkin and uh, Halleck. But um, at some point, I think Halleck had... It was a very even match. And then at some point, Halleck had Gumby mounted and was trying to finish him. And they were going back and forth. They were going back and forth. They were going back and forth. And then somehow, Gumby was able to reverse it, Upa, and now he was on top. And then Halleck started chuckling. And he was like, oh, man. He was like, it's clear that this dude really trains hard with my family. And they both started laughing. And that's how the match ended. In the middle of that match, though, my son was sitting there. He had a phone. And he grabs the phone and he gets ready to take a picture. And I, I softly put my hand over the phone. I pushed it down. And then my son looked at me and he shrugged like, what, what, what? And I was like, son, these are two masters training. And this moment is pure. If either of them see the camera, they may change the presence that they bring to this role. They may want to look a certain way, either one of them, or not want to look a certain way. Let's be present with the masters, learn what we can from the role, and let it be, and let them be present in their match. And my son just nodded. He got it. He got it. He put it down. I was just talking with a friend today about selfies and the whole issue of narcissism inside America and how it's amplified so many people to act and pretend to be different than they are. I don't like taking selfies. I take some sometimes because people go, you never take selfies. But I actually don't like to take selfies. I only do it because people do it. But I try not to do it. I try to take pictures with people. Or pictures of things, you know? And I just remember that, man. Those were, those were beautiful, man. Oh, real quick. Shout out to prideclothing.co on, uh, on the gram. They do a lot of hip-hop and jujitsu related shirts and stuff. All right? Prideclothing.co. Check them out. Um, yeah, dopeness. Just wanted to slide that in one time. And then... Now we're gonna go to the hip hop stuff. So I got the first, the first, the first story is not really, <laughs> it's not hip hop, uh, but but then there's a hip hop element. It's just a funny story. The other two stories are hip hop. So the first, the first story is about me and my first role as an extra in a Luther Vandross video. That's right. I'm an R and B king, baby. Classics. Um, James Bernard from The Source. James Bernard, one of the original dudes at The Source, was the first West Coast editor, and he owned a house, he rented a house, on Page Street in San Francisco. I used to be there all the time, mainly because my parents were kicking me out all the time. And so I would go sleep on his couch for a little bit until my parents stopped hating me. And um, he knew somebody that had something to do with this Luther Vandross thing, so he told me to audition. I auditioned as an extra. I got picked up. It was my first time being on a set, and it was fun. 
The main thing I remember is there was a there was a girl I met on that set. Boy, her name was Tomorrow. Who? Hey, I don't know nothing about her. I don't know her last name. I just know her name was Tomorrow. Boy, I was trying to holler. It didn't really work. However, um, while I was there, while I was there, uh, it was like a two-day shoot, and and the second day of shooting was in was in San Francisco off Broadway, and as only I could do it, I somehow found myself into an argument with Luther Vandross, the multi-platinum soul singer who's awesome. If you don't know his name, the song, the video we were in, I was in, was called "Don't Be a Fool Anymore," or "Don't Be a Fool Again." I think it's "Don't Be a Fool Anymore." There were pretty women everywhere. One of these women was Too Short's girlfriend at the time, so he came to the set. And that was hella funny. If you look at the video, in the very beginning on the right, you'll see me at a bar. His girl is the bartender. That was Too Short's girl at the time. You see me again during a rainstorm. I'm talking with a dude who looks like a pimp and a homeless guy. Come back to that later. I get out the car. My homies drop me off. And I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I, I don't really know that part of the city very well. I'm on Broadway and something. And I look across the street and Luther Vandross is standing on the corner. I'm like, whoo, my life is good, homie. I walk across and I said, excuse me, Mr. Vandross. My name is Adisa. I'm an extra for your video. I need to know where to go, though. I'm not really sure where the extras are supposed to be. Do you know? He looked at me like I was natural born trash. And he said, I don't know. That's not my job. You better go find out. I stood there just. I couldn't believe it. I was like. I love this dude's music, and he's a complete dick right now. And I said, well, excuse me, man. It's your video, bro. I'm just trying to figure out where I need to go, bro. And he said, what? And I said, what? He said, let me tell you something. You don't talk to me like that. And I said, I just asked you where the extras go. There's a, a big trailer parked on the side of the street, and his boyfriend comes out. I'm assuming... It was his boyfriend. Boyfriend comes out. And he's like, Luther, Luther. Hands flailing. Relax, relax. He's like, no, I don't know why this boy running up on me. I'm trying to do what I got to do. And I'm like, man, I just want to know where the extras go. And so the boyfriend gets between us. Some white guy with a, with a, with a, with a, with like a, a bunch of papers in his hand. He's like, hey man, come with me, come with me. And like Luther's yelling at me. While this dude's pulling me away from Luther. And he goes, yo, yo, over here, over here. And so I'm like, dude, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I think they're going to like kick me off the set. And he's like, the white guy's like a producer or something. He's like, no, I know. Listen, man, listen. This whole shoot has been crazy, bro. He's really mad right now. This has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Come on upstairs. Come on upstairs. So he takes me to where the, where the, where the extras are. It's at some bar. And, 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 and it's not for the shoot. They're just holding us in this bar that they've rented or something. So I'm upset. People are like, what the fuck? I tell the story. I sit down. Like an hour or two later, some of Luther's people come, like the guy that split us up, whatever. And he's like, Luther Vandross wanted you to know that he's very sorry about what happened. And he apologized for the way that he spoke to you. And I just looked at him and I said, that's bullshit. And they were like, what? I said, that's bullshit. And they're like, why would we lie about that? And I said, because if Luther was sorry, he would just come back and say, hey, dude, I was in a bad mood. I'm sorry. But he sent you. He doesn't care, which is fine. I'm just an extra. I'm getting $100. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? But like, don't pretend that he cares. That's all I'm saying, you know, because I know he was a dick to me. Right. Which means he's probably a dick to you. Right. Like you're not having a good time right now because you got to come here and talk to me. You're not even able to do your job, bro. 
I get it. But you know what I'm saying? It's cool. So they're like, all right. So then they bail. So then the shoot starts and I get chosen to be behind Luther. And you see me in one scene, it's kind of blurry, but Luther's walking up the street singing and there's a couple holding hands. It's me and some chick. You see me, my, my, my suit is a checker suit. Isn't that funny? Like small checkers, but a, a suit. Uh, white and black checkers. So we, we shoot this scene. We go up the street once. Cut, do it again. We go up the street, cut, cut, cut. We did it like four or five times. I don't know why. I don't know if something was actually wrong with the shoot or if they were just replaying it so that they had this body to edit and re-edit, okay? So they're getting ready to shoot this one scene where we go up again. And I think Too Short was there when this happened too. Right before the guy says action, Luther spins around and he points to me. And he goes, can I talk to you? And the producer had some kind of like, his paper, he throws him up in the air. Like, what the? Right? He's like, just a moment. I need to talk with him. And I was like, sure. So I let go of the girl's hand. And he comes over to me and he's like, I just really wanted to say I'm sorry about earlier. You know, you didn't really do anything wrong. I was in a bad mood. I shot a lot of videos, but this was, this whole shoot has been bad. Everything has gone wrong for me. I've been upset all the time, and I just want to let you know that the way I treated you earlier had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with me. Are we cool? And we shook hands, and people started giving the golf clap. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're cool. And then so anyway, I shot that film, and then the video came out, and it was funny. And so I thought that was hilarious. Mainly because, so you'll see me in the beginning, Walking behind Luther with this chick and then in the rainstorm. The funniest thing, though, was we shot this. You know, there's a scene in an alley and there's a lot of rain. And there was a homeless guy that really lived in that alley. And so they had all this fake thunder and lightning. They had, you know, these, these, these hoses that you couldn't see that were spraying the rain down. And there was this older white dude that, that really, when you see the homeless guy in the alley, he really is a homeless guy. And there was a club above the alley and all these college white dudes were hanging out. And like, they gave this homeless guy hella props because he was kind and he wasn't like abrasive and whatnot. And these college dudes were hanging out the front and they were like, yeah, man, this is cool, blah, blah, like between takes. And then someone said, hey, is that guy homeless or is he really an actor? And then someone was like, he's really homeless. And then this other dude was like, oh, they're painting him in cheeseburgers. And the whole set started laughing at him. And I saw the dude's back and head kind of bow. And I could see that he was like, you know, he felt bad. You know what I'm saying? And the truth was, they were paying him in cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they probably gave him some money on the side, but they were definitely buying him food. You know what I mean? And I remember between the, between the things, like I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, fuck those guys up there, man. You know what I mean? Like, you're a good dude. It's just funny, right? Like, how quickly we are just as people to, like, negate somebody else's, like, humanity or goodness. You know what I'm saying? And I know they were just college dudes. They probably don't even remember that moment. You know what I mean? But, like, how many times have we, me, you, anyone just disregarded somebody, you know, who didn't deserve it? Anyway... That shit was still hella funny, though. <laughs> and now we get to my next hip-hop story, the Stereo MCs from the UK. Show of hands, who remembers the Stereo MCs? Yo, Stereo MCs were a dope group at their time. They did some, like, hybrid-style hip-hop shit. You should look them up. I liked them. They were performing. I met the Stereo MCs at the Gavin convention. We became cool with Talk on the Phone. They were white rappers, but they had, like, black backup singers. Ooh. I don't know what one of them was called, but I was trying to holler so bad. She did not care. It's hard looking like Urkel out here in these streets. Can, can someone just acknowledge that? All right? It's hard looking like Urkel out here, dude. 
It was, you think it was hard? I'm the prototype Urkel. I was Urkel before Urkel, but I was definitely Urkel right then, boy. She didn't care about the OG at all. I couldn't get no love, man. She was so fun. I don't even know her name. Anyway, they're like, yo, we're play playing at the DNA Lounge, man. Da -da 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 -da. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going. So I go, I go backstage. Who is backstage? Tony D. Tony D. Rest in peace, Tony D. Fist up. Fist up for Tony D. One of the illest producers ever out of New Jersey, producer of Poor Righteous Teachers. Man. Come on, man. Poor Righteous Teachers, bro. So Tony D is there. He's Italian. He's sitting in the back. I don't know why he was there. Like, I don't know if he was recording in the Bay or whatever. We start chopping. And then... I just hung out with Tony D like the whole night, you know what I'm saying? And DJ Steph was there, rest in peace, DJ Steph. And they finished their show and they're like, all right, they, the crowd wanted an encore. So they was like, all right, right now we're gonna come out and we got Tony D and the Bishop. And the crowd's like, yeah. So like, I look at Tony D and he looks at me. He's like, we're going on? I'm like, I, I guess so. So he's like, okay. So we go out. The stereo MCs do like 16 bars. They give me the mic. I do 16 bars. Crowd was feeling it. I was happy. Again, you know what I'm saying? Like, was I rock him? No. But I could hold my own on the mic. And and, and there's nobody of that time that will say that I, that I, that I didn't have bars. Nobody. So... The other guy gave the mic to Tony D and he puts the mic down and he comes over to me and he goes, he goes, he whispers in my ear. He's like, we're going to do this like the beginning of the PRT album. Okay. Can I start this? And I was like, he goes, you got it? I was like, I got it. And everybody who knows, can I start this from Poor Righteous Teachers knows how he opens the verse. So everybody's like, he's like, Tony D from Poor Righteous Teachers. I was like, ah. And he looks at me. And he goes, Harvey. And he points to me. I go, who? Harvey Wallbanger. Meets who, who? Mr. Coat Hanger. And he just goes into his set. And the crowd loses it. And he just starts hitting these bars, man. And then I hit mine one more time. And then they hit theirs one more time. And we shut down the DNA that night, boy. We shut down the DNA that night. Yo, that was one of my favorite hip-hop memories ever. Absolutely ever. Um, finally, I got another woo story. People, you know what I'm saying? Like, they remember chesspark.com, right? Uh, chesspark was one of the first gaming sites back in the day. And, uh, you know, I connected RZA with my boy PFM and Tofu and Little Pat and the squad, Drifty, and uh, turned into chesspark. You know what I'm saying? Zisk. You know what I mean? And uh it I had told Rizza that I thought it was a good idea that, that we do it. It was it was it, it was really PFM's idea. And he came up with the idea when we did the HHCF first big, big event that Josh Waitskin was at and Rizza was at in, in San Francisco. So Rizza really wanted to know that I thought it was a good idea before he, he he really did the venture. And he wanted to meet with me and Zisk and Gumby. And Gumby can tell you that this actually happened. So me and Gumby go to the city. We go to his hotel, but we're early. There was something going on with, with the ride up. It took him forever to get there. So like Rugged Monk. What's up, Rugged Monk, bruh? Much love. Hey, stop playing, bro. We need to be on the phone. Rugged Monk, dog. Holla at a scholar for real, boy. So, Rugged Monk, I think Kinetic Nine, RZA, and some other guys I don't remember. Maybe Ninth Prince? I'm not sure. Uh, we hop in this limo. And so we're headed over to the venue, which, which, which was... I'm so old. It was the Kennel Club that turned into the Justice League. What is it now? Everybody in San Francisco knows what I'm talking about. It was the Kennel Club. It turned into the Justice League, and it's something else now. 
I don't know, bro. It's on Divisadero, on the edge of the Fillmore. I don't go out no more because I'm an ogre and a hermit. So we on our way over there. Man, they had like three gigantic joints moving in this circle. And I was tripping being in the limo because it was all lit up in there. Remember how Ice Cube was like, why is this? Remember on, uh, on Dead Homies, talking about being in the limo? Why is this the only time black folks get to ride in a limo? And I was like, this is the first limo I've ever been in that wasn't funeral based. Ice Cube was right. These things are fresh. Are those lights on the ceilings? And so me and Gumby are sitting there and me and Gumby don't smoke. And so they kept passing it to me. Just like JD and them, when I would be in the car, they'd be like, smoke, brah. I'd be like, I don't smoke. Okay. And they pass it, pass, 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 pass. Goes around. Smoke, bruh. I don't smoke. Okay, bruh. Pass, 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 pass. So this was happening in the car with Rizza, right? And me and Gumby are just sitting there with Zisk. I don't think Zisk was smoking either, but I don't remember. And they just keep running these two or three gigantic joints. Hot boxing. I'm having BJ Penn flashbacks. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So... The car is quiet, except for all the smoking. And then, like, Rizzo was sitting in the corner. He's like. <laughs> so, what's up with Chess Park? I said, me? Yeah, God, you. What's up with Chess Park? Know what I mean? I was like, uh, I think it's a good idea. Da, da, da. Zisk, give him the numbers. So, Brian's like, you know, uh, uh, classic, uh, uh white guy who knows the numbers, you know, according to our uh, field reports, we believe that the uh, burgeoning growth of chess on the internet could be around 6.5 gigawatts, therefore divided by three, multiplied by two, this is what you would get, and then we get that, and then what do you think? And he was like, it's good? I was like, I think it's good. He was like, all right, peace. That was the deal! Ah, now you just learned the art of the deal from a decent band, Joker, Westside Worldwide, FarsideTV.com, Side Life Radio. It's the what? The South Bay Shogun boy. It's the who? The Iron Hook Assassin boy. Now I mean, Bishop Chronicles. You just learned uh, 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 Silicon Valley deal gaming right there, boy. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening for I Got a Story to Tell. I got more, all right? Next week, though, Hip Hop Ed is back in effect. Tyson Amir, man. What? Black boy poems. What? Exclusive, crazy, man. Listen, you want to know about the state of hip-hop ed on the West Coast? Boy, tune in to the next show. Thank you for tuning in to Bishop Chronicles. I deeply appreciate you. Please share this episode with one person. Everybody who's listening, just forward it to one person. Sign up on iTunes, boy. We growing, we flowing. And what? We knowing, boy. It's about the boy. I'm out. Peace. Teacher, what star is that? Don't think, don't think. You are now listening to the Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles. You must learn. Right, right.